Good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today? Man, let's, oh, that was, that was lame. That's lame. Come on. Let's give Jesus all the glory that he deserves. Amen? All right, all right. And while you're clapping, just keep on clapping for those that are watching us right now live, online, and Facebook Live. Thanks, you guys, for being a part of our worship experience. And, man, I'm super pumped. What an amazing time of worship. So thankful for the team that God has put together. And what an incredible moment to really to kind of set the stage for what I believe God wants to accomplish in and through this place. We have been really kind of on a high over the last uh, seven days. Today is day seven of seven days of prayer and fasting. And uh, man, it's been an incredible journey. We began Monday night, been praying every night at seven. And uh, tonight is our finale. So at 7 p.m. right here at our Conway location, everybody who can join us, be a part of the finale tonight. It's going to be a powerful time. If you've never actually been a part of one of our prayer services, just trust me, you're going to be encouraged, inspired. You'll be blessed. You'll be moved just by being a part of what God is doing in and through this place. We just dedicate and set aside one hour of prayer. We open it with worship, but we spend the majority of our time in prayer and, uh, and corporately, individually. It's just a powerful, powerful time. So I want to encourage you to join us tonight, 7 p.m., and then immediately following out in the lobby, we're going to have kind of a break the fast celebration, and we're also going to have the opportunity um, just to love and to show our, our appreciation for our wonderful family, Chad and Michelle Harper. And uh, if you have not had the opportunity maybe to, to know or to maybe uh, hear, they're going to be uh, fulfilling a new ministry assignment and calling uh, in terms of an opportunity that God has presented to them. And so tonight is an opportunity for us to love on them and show our appreciation to them. So we're going to have some goodies after our 7 p.m. Uh, prayer time and a uh, wonderful time of fellowship. But we hope you'll be a part of that. It's going to be a powerful, powerful day and night. Well, listen, today... Um, as I'm really just kind of in the overflow mode from the standpoint of what God is doing, over the past seven days, as we've been circling this place, really believing God, asking God what the next steps are, what his plans are for us, and not just for me as an individual, but for all of us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, when, I, when I've been just really just sensing, um, you know, what it is that God has, he's just really stirred within me. If anything, he's put... Uh, I think of just a fresh vision, it's, it stirred my heart. That's, that's one of the reasons why over the course of these seven days, we just really want to consecrate ourselves for, for what God wants to do. As Joshua says in Joshua, Joshua 3, where it talks about tomorrow, he's going to do amazing things among us. And I really believe that. And that's what we've been circling in prayer about. And one of the things that God has shown me is that, listen, as the Bible says, as Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the great things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Amen? So listen, man, God has something powerful and in store for each of our lives. And I don't know, just the word unstoppable was put in my spirit on day two um, as we were just really just setting aside time in prayer. And uh, I looked up the word unstoppable in the Webster's Dictionary. It's interesting because Webster's defines the word unstoppable as an impossible, as, 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 as impossible to stop or prevent. Impossible to stop or prevent. Isn't it amazing that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been blowing and going for over 2,000 years? And isn't it awesome to know that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
So the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going stronger than ever before. And you know, when I thought about that, I couldn't help but think about the analogy of a rhinoceros. You know, it's been said that a rhinoceros can weigh up to 5,000 pounds. And get this, not only can it weigh up to 5,000 pounds, but it actually can run 30 miles per hour. That's pretty amazing. That's, that's impressive. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of force. That's a, that's a lot of momentum. So here you have this rhinoceros that can weigh up to 5,000 pounds, can run 30 miles an hour. But here's a very interesting fact. They can only see 30 feet in front of them. You say, what happens at 31 feet? It really doesn't matter because they are an unstoppable force. That's what you call momentum. And so with that, that's just what God has put in my spirit. It's just the unstoppable force that, that God wants to really to bring about in our lives. And I hope that spills over in every area of your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your career. The dreams that God has put inside of your heart, that you truly will be that unstoppable force that God uses to make an incredible eternal difference in the lives of those that you have the opportunity to impact. Because that's exactly what happened with 120 people who gathered together in an upper room and prayed. Jesus, as you know, he was crucified on a cross, he was placed into a tomb, he was raised back to life, and after he arose back from the grave, he literally walked on the earth for 40 days, he was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses, and some of his final instructions to his disciples, he told them, he said, look, he said, I'm getting ready to go. But I want you to go, and I want you to prepare yourselves. And in other words, I want you to, he said, I want you to gather together. I want you to pray. I want you to wait because I'm going to send someone far greater than me. I'm sending the person of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to wait. He said, I want you to pray. And so they gathered in this upper, in this upper room, and they, they prayed, and they waited patiently. And all of a sudden, like a, like a mighty rushing wind, the Spirit of God shows up, fills these people, 120 people, fills them with the fearless power of God. And the Bible says they begin to speak the word of God with boldness, fearless confidence. And as a result, Peter gets up before a massive international crowd. And check this out. 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. And boom, the early church was birthed. And so because of that, over 2,000 years ago, God's plan and God's vision and God's purpose for his people and for his church is still an unstoppable force. It's affecting your life. It's affecting my life. We're not who we are by accident. No, we are who we are because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen? And so with that said, that's our prayer and that's our vision and that's what I've been praying for over these last seven days. And I know that's what many of us have been just agreeing with, is that God would do something powerful and fresh and something that truly would become unstoppable in each of our lives and specifically through our church as it relates to what He wants to accomplish in us and through us. It's hard to believe that over 17 years ago, Michelle and I, we, we left um, the state of Texas, moved to Orlando, Florida. All we had really was just a, a dream in our heart. Uh, Michelle was eight months pregnant with our son Luke. We kind of measure how long we've been in Orlando by our son Luke. And uh, so, you know, she was eight months pregnant. We had two little girls at the time, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and Luke was eight, eight months in the oven. And, um, and it was incredible when we arrived um, 
Again, just God began to do some amazing things. On 2001, an Easter Sunday, we had our very first public service at the YMCA in Lake Nona there at the North Lake Park Elementary School. Little did we know that nine months later, we would move there and go all the way across the International Drive at a movie theater, and we would be there for nine months. And then after that, we would move across I-4 to Dr. Phillips High School, and we would be in their Performing Arts Center for three and a half years. Little did we know we'd leave there and come to the Conway community and meet over across the street uh, there at Shenandoah Elementary School for six months while this shopping center was being built out. Little did we know that we would be here for 11 and a half years. And had we had known that multi-site was the new thing, man, we have churches all over this city. But what's crazy is that now we are not just one church, we, we, excuse me, one location. We're one church with two locations. So we have the community here in the Conway Belle Isle community, and we have our new community there, our new church there in the Lake Nona community. It's kind of interesting that have 17 years of just, just the journey that we have been upon. It's interesting that now God has brought us back full circles. So now one church with two locations, one house with two rooms, and God is doing exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or possibly imagine. And I can honestly say over the course of these 17 years, the journey that God has placed us on has been one that has challenged me, inspired me. Listen, I've grown, I've matured, we've all made mistakes, and from those mistakes, we've also learned, and, and not just that, but we've celebrated successes. Man, we've, we've experienced, I've experienced the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, but I'm here to tell you, through it all, people have been saved, lives have been changed, and God gets all the glory, amen? And so I'm excited, I'm excited about what God has in store for us, and cannot really, really wait to see what he's unfolding. You know, you've heard it said, you know, we may not know what tomorrow holds, but thank God we know who holds tomorrow, amen? And so we serve a good God. And, and from that, even though we've changed a lot from the standpoint of geographical locations and we've overcome a lot of setbacks and challenges and different things that the enemy's tried to use to distract us or defeat us or discourage us, Listen, we have been faithful to one thing, and that is the, the mission and the vision that God gave us from the very beginning. And here's our mission. Our mission is very simple, and that is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And how we actually fulfill that is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's it. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And how we fulfill that mission is by helping people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that's exactly what the early church was all about. In fact, if you have your notes, you can open up your, uh, your app or open up your Bible to Acts chapter 2. One of my favorite passages of Scripture as it relates to the early church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in, in Acts chapter 2, looking at verses 42 through 47, I love the description of how God used the people. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals. A deep sense of awe came over them all. In other words, there was, there was a sense of unity, oneness, single-mindedness, and purpose that was being executed in such a God-honoring way that the people were in awe. In other words, there was a spirit of expectancy. There was a spirit of transformation. 
They couldn't wait to see what God was going to do next. And as a result of that, the Bible says there was a sense of awe that came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And I love this. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And notice the outcome. And each day, not someday, no, each day, every day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being, what? Say that loud. Say. What an incredible, incredible picture of the church. What an amazing experience. That is the picture, listen, of God's plan and God's purposes. As a matter of fact, that is what you call an unstoppable movement. And that's what we're praying for here at Rethink Life. So with that said, there are three things that I want to share with you that is consistent and compatible with God's plan and God's purpose for His church. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write these three things down because here at Rethink Life, we have a mission, we have a vision, we have a passion to see three things take place. Number one is to create a place where everyone is welcome. Where everyone is welcome. I want you to say that loud. On the count of three, every, everyone say, everyone is welcome. One, two, three. Everyone. everyone is welcome. When you came in this morning, you may or may not have noticed there was a banner out in our lobby here at the Conway location. If you go to our Lake Nona uh, campus, as soon as you walk up, we have, a, we have a portable banner that's out front as you walk up the main stairs. And both of those banners say one thing, welcome home. Welcome home. Because that's what we want. We want to create a place, an atmosphere, an environment where people feel at home. Where people feel welcome. Where people feel that they are loved and cared for. That they matter. Because I believe that people matter to God. Amen? Amen. Listen, you matter to God. We all matter to God. Therefore, people ought to matter to us. And so with that said, we want to create a place where people feel welcome. We've, you know, I've shared over the last few weeks, you know, we, we moved here recently, and so we finally have kind of gotten settled in. We're still unpacking and trying to get things somewhat settled in, but um, over the last week, we've had uh, several people actually come and knock on our door, and it's kind of interesting, because I don't know who they are, but they're standing in my doorway, and all they say is say, welcome to the neighborhood. Welcome to the neighborhood. Hey, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the neighborhood. And it's interesting to me, because when you think about it, that ought to be our response as a church, when people walk through our doors, our response should be, hey, welcome to the community. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to God's house. We're glad you are here. You know what Revelation 22, 22, verse 17 says? It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let any, let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone desire who desires to drink freely from the water of life come. 
That's God's invitation to you and to me to come. Hey, if you're thirsty, come. Jesus can satisfy. Listen, there is no greater desire that we have as a church than to see men and women and teenagers and boys and girls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hey, we want people who are spiritually or morally confused, people who are lost, people who are empty, people who are seeking and searching, people who feel as though there has got to be something more. We want people to come. We want people to experience. And we want people to know that Jesus Christ is not just the one who can satisfy their life, but he is the bread of life. And he can do more than they could possibly imagine in and through their lives. And so we want to let people know, hey, they are welcome. You know, one of the things my wife did is she, 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 got, a, she got a, yesterday she went and got it. And uh, so we have at our front door now, it's a, it's a, it's a welcome mat. And I think, that's, I think that's so cool because what a gesture to put out the welcome mat. What a gesture each and every week here at Rethink Life Church. To where we say, hey, welcome home. Here's the welcome mat. Hey, you are wanted here at Rethink Life. We've been expecting you. Welcome home. You know, it's one of the reasons why we have what we call host teams. You know, every week here at Rethink Life, we have what we refer to as our welcome team. We have what we call our ushers. We have our hospitality team. We, we have people that serve in our parking lot. We have people who put the white towel over their arm, and what are they doing? They're serving as hosts. They're here to help create an atmosphere of hospitality. They're here to create an atmosphere of warmth. They're here to create an atmosphere of acceptance. And I believe one of the greatest joys that we can have as we serve God is to serve others and to help them feel loved and accepted and welcome to when we put out the welcome mat and we simply say, welcome home. You're at the right place. And so, man, if you're looking for a way to make a difference, I encourage you to join one of our teams. I encourage you to join the opportunity to help make a difference. It's one of the reasons why we have life kits. One of the reasons why we do what we do for our children is because we want to be able to create a place that feels like home for parents and their kids. When kids come in, into this place, we want them to associate God as a place where, where they want to be, not a place where they have to go. Now, we want people to, to be able to come to, a, to an atmosphere here at Rethink Life where families can feel safe and secure knowing that their children are being loved on, they're being taught the Word of God in a loving, caring, nurturing age-appropriate way where they can have a clean and safe and fun environment where people are there to receive them and to welcome them and to make them know that, hey, they matter to God. What a great opportunity for us as a church to be able to reach the next generation by helping them understand, hey, they matter. And as a result, this is a place they can call home. Amen. You know, at Lake Nona, we have what we call the setup and breakdown crew. We're actually getting ready to start calling them our experience team. Because when you think about it, everybody's involved in that process. They're creating experience. They're creating an atmosphere. They're creating a, a place for one reason. And so that, that is so that people feel welcomed. You know, one of the things that we've enjoyed doing through the years is having people in our home. I don't think there's probably anything that we personally enjoy more. I know my wife she finds the greatest fulfillment. She's an amazing host. And she loves to entertain. She loves to have people um, in the home. And that's why it's always important for her to, to be able to have the house just right because she really wants people to feel at home when they come to our home. And um, 
And so a lot of times, you know, I'll try to move things around. She said, no, 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 don't touch that. I'll say, why? She said, I put that there for a purpose. I said, all right. See, there's a, there's a purpose. There's a reason behind every little thing that she does. Because in her mind, that's a part of the experience. That's a, that's a part of the atmosphere. You know, that's a part of, of what she's wanting people to notice or to see, to, to smell, to experience. And so when you think about it, everything has a purpose. And so one of the things that I think is so powerful is for us to realize that, you know what? When God sees his house, he wants his house to be a place that matters and to be a place where other people feel welcomed. Why? Because God's house is important to him, just like our home, just like your home is important to you. And so because when, when we see the house as our house, no, we take ownership of our house. And that's why when, when God refers to his house, he refers to it as his house. It's his church. And therefore, when he told his disciples, when, he, when, he, when Jesus was giving the illustration about a great feast and banquet, and, 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 and Jesus is telling the story in the parable where he sent the servants out to tell the people, hey, there's going to be a banquet, there's going to be a feast, there's going to be a party, and everybody's invited. But people begin to make excuses. And yet as a result, listen, the, the master was, he was upset, he was personally offended. So he told the servants, he said, hey, Luke 14, 23, he said, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in so that my house will be filled. And that's what God desires. He wants us to go out into the workplace. He wants us to go out into the schools. He wants us to go out into the community, into the ball fields, wherever we go, so that we can say, hey, come and see, come and hear, come experience. Why? Because God has a place for you, and it's a place where you are welcomed. And if you're here today, and maybe you're, maybe you're, you're one of those, and you're thinking, well, man, I, I need God to do something in my life. And I, I want God to give me a fresh start in my marriage or give me a fresh start in my family relationships or, man, there's some things in my past that I wish God somehow could just erase. Well, I want you to know you came to the right place. I want you to know you're welcome here. We want you to know God loves you. We love you. And we're not perfect. We don't tend to in, in even try to attempt to be perfect. But you know what? We have a heart to help people feel loved and accepted and welcomed. And we'll do whatever it takes short of sin to make sure that we do that. And that's one of the reasons why we're always trying to say, okay, what can we do? How can we do it better? And can I just say it's one of the reasons why we're making adjustment as we get ready to enter into this fall season. So here at Conway on Sunday mornings, rather than giving you one option to come, we're going to give you two options to come. So on September the 9th, when we roll out a brand new message series I'm super pumped about called Made for Mondays, we're going to be rolling out on that day a brand new service time, and it's going to be at 8.30 in the morning. So for those of you that want to come a little early so you can get on with your day, you can join us at 8.30. Or for those of you that want to sleep in, you can still come at 10 o'clock. But for those of you that want to go the extra mile and make a difference and help people feel welcome, hey, you can come serve one and you can worship one. You can worship one and you can serve one. But at the end of the day, we can make a difference in the lives of people. So 8.30 and 10 o'clock right here at our Conway location starting on September the 9th. And because we're adding the 8.30 service on Sunday morning, we're pulling our Thursday night service. So we're praying that God will continue to use what we're doing but we're going to change the format so that we can reach more and more people at 8.30 and 10 o'clock. Can I get an amen? So with that said, we want everybody to feel welcome. But number two, we want everyone 
to feel needed. We want to create a place where everyone is needed. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 says. Paul said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. You know, I've learned, I've learned that everybody wants to be wanted and everybody needs to be needed. You know why that's true? Because when God created man, he created everything perfectly, but then he noticed something. It's not good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He created, praise God, men, our better half. He created a woman. And so when man looked at her, he said, whoa, man, what's her name? So that's a whole different series. But isn't it awesome to know that, listen, everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody needs to be needed. And with that said, Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who fell, falls alone, they are in what? They're in real trouble. So you got to understand, listen, we want to do everything we can to create a place where not only everybody is welcome, but where everybody is needed. And I think one of the greatest assumptions or false assumptions that a lot of people have is, oh, well, they've got it taken care of. That could never be further from the truth. Listen, our church is not built on the talents of a few. No, our church is built on the sacrifices of many. And as a result of that, it takes everybody doing what they can to make a difference. There are gifts and there are passions that God has placed inside of you that God wants to use to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. And if you don't step up and you don't fill that hole or fulfill that role, guess what? There's a need that goes unmet. There's a life that goes unimpacted. Why? Because we didn't do our part to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. I'm here to tell you, listen, if you've got a pulse, you have a place, and you have a purpose here in the family of God. And so with that said, God wants you to make a difference. He wants to take your passion, and He wants to take the gifts that He's placed inside of you, and here's what He wants to do. He wants to match those together. Why? So that you can fulfill the very thing that He's placed you on this earth to do. Listen, your career is what you get paid for, but your ministry is what He made you for. And so we got to fulfill the role that God has called us to fulfill. It's like a giant jigsaw puzzle, and it's a beautiful picture of the church. Why? Because a jigsaw puzzle, as you know, is made up of multiple individual parts, but every part has been specifically designed to be interlinked or locked to another piece that fits specifically with that piece. And you know the story. You can have all of the pieces, but guess what? If you have one missing piece, the picture is incomplete. And there's nothing more frustrating and disappointing knowing that you were almost there, but there was a missing piece. Sometimes we, are, we ask the question, man, how could we have made a greater impact? Well, if we would have had more people, if there would have been more people who have stepped up and served and filled this need or met that need or filled those holes and met those roles, man, we could have made an even greater impact. And so let's don't live with regret. Let's be real proactive and say, God, how can you use me? 
And oftentimes people will say, well, I don't, I, don't, I, really, I don't even know that I even have something to offer. Well, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 through 22 says it this way. Paul said, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, oh, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important, notice carefully, are actually the most necessary. Listen, there is no task too small or too big around here to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. If you, if you don't believe that, you ought to ask a lady by the name of Patricia. She came to our church, her and her daughter, and actually her grandchildren, they all came as a result of a mailer they received. They came to our adventure week. God impacted their lives in such a way. They ended up coming to Growth Track. And it was there that Patricia learned that her passion, what she, what she had a desire in her heart to do for so many years, listen to this, was affirmed through the spiritual gifts test that she took. And she saw where her number one spiritual gift was hospitality. Well, she's always had a passion for cooking. Well, now, fast forward, she's now serving in a capacity known as our, 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 our dream team uh, host coordinator. And what she does is she now serves those who are serving because that's her ministry to help make sure that our dream teamers are encouraged and supported with what they need so they can be at their best doing what they do to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. And she shared with me, she said, Rodney, she said, I was in, a, she said, I was in corporate America. And she said, I used to volunteer at charities and organizations and helped you know, serve various causes. And she said, you know, she said, I enjoyed that. But she said, I never knew that I could actually serve and volunteer in the church to help fulfill a greater purpose. And it has radically changed her life. And I could go on and on with stories like that of people just like her whom God has used in an incredible way. Why? Because they begin to realize, you know what? Hey, this is what God made me for. I'm a part of the missing piece. And so today inside or in your worship guide or there on your seat when you came in, you should have received one of these. And I want to encourage you and I want to invite you today to join the dream team. Why is that so important? Because it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Listen, be a part of something bigger than, bigger than yourself. Hey, be a part of something that's changing lives and making a difference. And the best way that you can do that is to simply join a team. Join a team. You know the word team stands for together everyone achieves more. Amen. And so when you think about joining a team, I want to encourage you also to join a group. Today is our life group launch. And my prayer is everybody will group up. And you know what? Guess what? Your team can also be your group. So if you're serving on a specific team, hey, that can be a group of people that you're doing life with. But we encourage you to find a group in a few moments when we're dismissed. You can go out into the lobby and you can kind of check out, you know, the different life group opportunities. And you can ask questions. You can put faces and names and you can see where, where this group is meeting and who those, those people are and what their, what their theme is and what, what area of focus they have and what kind of, what kind of a group they're going to be a part of. And, and you can be a part of whatever it is that maybe is attractive to you. And listen, if you, if you say, well, man, I don't like any of them, <laughs> we'll help you start one yourself. Do something that you are passionate about. And so at the end of the day, listen, we want to team up and we want to group up. Why? Because together, everyone matters. Listen, everybody is needed. And number three, not only do we want to be a place where everyone is welcome and everyone is needed, but we want to create a place where everyone is changed. 
Everyone has changed. Can I say something? If you're the same place, if you, listen, if you're the same person and you're at the same place in your life spiritually today as you were a year ago, that's not a good thing. We want to help you grow. We want to help you experience everything that God has for you. Listen, we want to help you experience the change that only God can bring in your life. Listen to me. Healthy things grow. And that's the reason why groups play such a significant role in our lives because they help us get healthy. Listen, it, it helps us say goodbye to our yesterdays. It helps us to, to figure out how to start living in freedom rather than defeat. It, it helps us to figure out how we can start now living victoriously in our lives. And when we start saying goodbye to our yesterdays and we embrace everything that God has and we begin to find people that we connect with and those people begin to not only encourage us and support us, but now we begin to change. Why? Because we're doing life with people that are sharpening our acts. As the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another they're pushing us and they're challenging us and they're inspiring us to be all that God created us to be I love what 2nd Corinthians 5 17 says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone a new life has begun and you may be here today and you think well man that's me that's what I need Man, I need God to do something new in my life. I need God to do something new in my marriage. Hey, I need God to do something new and fresh in my family. Man, I, there's so much in my past, and, and there's so many mistakes that I've made. Well, guess what? You know what I like to say to those folks? Join the club. Amen. We've all messed up. We all have a past. We've all dropped the ball. We've all made mistakes. But aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ, the Bible says, who knew no sin became sin for us? He was, listen, he was placed into a tomb and he came back to life. Why? So that we could have a new beginning in a relationship with him. And so today, I want to encourage you. C.S. Lewis once said these words, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And so today, we want to start changing the ending. We want to start changing in the ending in a way that allows us to experience everything that God has. This year, we've seen over 400 people raise their hands in our services and all of our different events saying, hey, I prayed that prayer and gave my life to Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. And we want to say to those people, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Man, you're now part of a place where not only you're welcome, but a place where you're needed. We want to be a place where you're forever changed. This year, we've already seen over 54 people take their decisions public through water baptism. I can't wait. We're getting, getting ready to do our next water baptism at the beach next month for beach baptism. If you want more information, go to the info booth about that. But we'll be talking about it in coming weeks. But I just want you to know, we want to be a place where people are changed. Listen, that's our mission. That's our, that's our vision. We want to create a place where people know that they're welcome. A place where people know that they're needed. And a place where people know that they are changed. Next week, I'm going to unpack more specifically what some of that looks like. And really looking further down the path where we envision God taking us to God be the glory. We have now over $150,000 cash in the bank that we've set aside for our landmark to help build our future, but we still have a long ways to go. We still have a long ways to go. And so as we're preparing for the future and believe in God for greater things, listen, we all have to do our part. Why? 
because people matter to God. And as, and as long as there are people who are lost, as long as there are marriages that need to be put back together, as long as there are students that need to be reached, as long as there are children that need to be loved and taught the life-changing Word of God, as long as people who are bound to the things of their past and enslaved to the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups in their life, as long as people on this side of heaven are lost and desiring to be found as a church, we're going to do everything we can to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ by helping them know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I had a friend call me, actually texted me, and, and he said, is there a time when we can talk? And um, he was down in Miami, and we couldn't get together, and so we set up, up a phone appointment, and I had the privilege of marrying this guy and his wife, and unfortunately, things didn't work out. Ended up getting a divorce. It was a heartbreaking situation. To honestly, to be on the sidelines and just watch it really just fall apart. And it was his fault. He he admitted. He said, "Man, I just made some stupid, stupid decisions." And and he actually just kind of like dropped off the face of the earth. I didn't even know if I'd ever see him again or hear from him again. So when I got the text, it just blew me away. And he said, "Can we talk?" So we talked. He said, Rodney, he said, I've made a lot of mistakes. He said, the biggest mistake I ever made was divorcing my wife. He said, I had no idea that God would allow me to experience the lowest of lows. And he heard the testimony of a rapper by the name of Lecrae. We've all heard of Lecrae, hopefully. If you haven't heard of Lecrae, you need to go get his album. It's unbelievable. Incredible. Love Lecrae. Lecrae was telling his personal testimony, and Lecrae made the statement. He said, yeah, he said, I thought on the other side of greatness was life. He said, but what, what I found, the deception was on the other side of greatness. He said, I found darkness. It almost destroyed his life, and it really resonated with my friend. Because he thought another woman would make him happy. But it only made him emptier, and it only caused his life to grow darker. He called me, we talked, and I said, well, what's God doing in your life? He said, all I know is I want to get things right. He said, I don't even know where to start. And so we talked for a while. I said, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? What is the desire that God has placed in your heart? He said, I want to remarry my wife. I said, has she found someone one else? He said, not that I'm aware of. I said, she's open game. <laughs> so I'll walk through the next steps and the plan for him to take. I said, the number one thing you gotta do is you gotta earn her trust back. And you gotta walk the walk. Because she knows how you can talk the talk. I said, but you gotta walk the walk. We hung up that phone. And he shared with me, he said, this is the first step to a new beginning in my life and in my future. And when I hung up that phone that day, I thought to myself, dear God, 
How many more are out there like that that need to be reached, that need to find hope, that need reconciliation, that need to find restoration, where a couple, a marriage, a home, a family can be put back together. And we can honestly say that change happened because of the power of God at work in the lives of people. Amen. So that's why we're praying over these seven days. That's why we've been fasting and praying. Why? Because, listen, we want to do everything we can with God's help to create a place where people are welcome, where people are needed, and where people are changed for the glory of God. So I want to invite you to join us in the journey to ask God to use us to accomplish even greater things for His glory in the days and weeks and months and years to come as we claim more turf as we push back the gates of hell and we take more people to heaven for the glory of God. Amen? Let's bow our heads together in prayer.